Weddings ish, 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 weddings ish. With Jove. Thank you so much for tuning in to Weddings Ish with Jove. I have some super exciting news about the podcast. We've decided that since we're having so much fun chatting with our guests and the interviews are getting longer and longer and more personal and more interesting, we're going to move away from sharing about particular wedding planning tips each episode and only bring them up occasionally if they relate to the guest. That being said, should you have any specific questions or wedding planning topics or helps that you're looking for, please do send us an email, podcast at jovemeyerevents.com, and we'd love to hear uh, your thoughts and share on those topics. But this episode, we're going to dive right into our Real Housewives Roundup and talk all about the Real Housewives of New York City. And I sit down with the fabulous and talented and just simply wonderful jewelry designer, Anna Sheffield. Enjoy! Weddings-ish! Oh, the Real Housewives of New York City. Um, The last couple of episodes have been so good. I don't know, this season, I'm so obsessed with the relationships, with the dynamic. And although the new girl, Jules, is kind of really annoying in the way that she talks and her mannerisms, I'm like slowly falling in love with her and her huge house. I mean, it was such a topic of discussion. This house is going to take them seven years to complete. It's bigger than like a baseball field. And I think a lot of the women brought up interesting points that it's under construction, but there's no raw materials everywhere. And Jules totally threw Bethany under the bus. And she was like, her house is smaller than my New York City apartment. What is this, a center for ants? And I couldn't help but think of Zoolander when he made that whole quote about the center for ants. Um, And she also sort of talks like him a little bit. Maybe that's her spirit gay or her spirit animal or her spirit person, um, is Zoolander. But anyways, the house is going to be gorgeous. I mean, it's unbelievable how big it's going to be. Their kids are going to get lost in there. Like, what are they going to do? Run around and, like, have cameras just to find people? Like, so many square feet in that home. Anyhow, moving along, we finally got a little more of Sonia this episode, and I love when Ramona called her out. Sonia's like, oh, I'm so sorry I couldn't go to Bethany's birthday party. And Ramona was like, you weren't invited. Actually, that's why you didn't go. You make Bethany uncomfortable because of your drinking issue. And she brought it right to the top in a little bit of a weird style, which is very Ramona, to say, like, I'm worried about your drinking And that's why I'm not going out with you because of the reputation you bring along with you if we're seen together. I think it was a little shady how she brought it up, but I think it's a valid point. When you care about someone and they're abusing a substance, you've got to say something and you've got to help them and you've got to be a good friend and offer help and be honest, um, but also not judging them, which is hard. Um, which Ramona sort of said to Sonia, people judge you by the company you keep. Um, And now Luann is moving in with Sonia. I mean, this is weird. Like, what are they in college? Is Luann poor? Is she going through, you know, like money problems, chapter 11? Or is this all just Bravo sort of trying to make it interesting with two grown women living in a brownstone on the Upper East Side? I guess we'll find out. Um... And Bethany called it, I mean, Jules' eating disorder, Bethany called it from day one, episode one, commented on how skinny she is and how she never eats. And I'm glad that Bethany and Jules had a bonding moment. I mean, one-on-one is definitely when Bethany's best. If you don't meet her one-on-one and get to know her one-on-one, then she definitely can be very abrasive um, or seem really rude if you don't know where she's coming from. Um, But Jules was like, yeah, I never graduated from college, just went for seven years and sort of said that the eating disorder was a big part of that. Um, And she also said you're never cured from an eating disorder, which, you know, I could imagine is something that sticks with you for a lifetime. And obviously it really hit home with Bethany. She got quite emotional about a family member of her own who struggled with an eating disorder. And I sort of love how candid um, Jules was to just bring it up and put it on the table and talk about it. I think that, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about the housewives is the honesty that comes out. Is anyone else also noticing that Carol and her dream love Adam, it was so weird, their Skype date. Like, he wasn't present, he wasn't smiling, she was so into it and so overly concerned with how she looked on Skype. Um, Who knows if that's going to last? I hope it does. I'm cheering for them, I'll happily plan their wedding, but 
I don't know. It sort of seemed really awkward. Uh, but I can't wait to see how that unfolds and where it goes. Weddings-ish! I am super excited to be sitting here with the beautiful, talented, tattooed, <laughs> Anna Sheffield. How are you? Such a great intro. I'm well this morning. Thanks so much, Joe. Good. I'm so happy to be here. I just want all the listeners to know we're in her beautiful studio in the Lower East Side, sort of right near the bridge and heavy traffic, so... Sort of like a soothing wave mm-hmm. a little bit, but I just want everyone to know that. Yeah, little little honking horns here and there. Some yeah. Chirping birds, may- maybe. <laughs> across from the Rip and Dip Cafe. We're across from the little Rip and Dip kitty cat. <laughs> it's really it's cute. Great. It's a blue building. Yeah, they, they paint it. It's an art gallery, so it varies like what's going on inside and outside. And it gets quite a show sometimes. There'll be a line around the block. It's really beautiful. I mean, we're literally staring at a big kitty. Yep. Graffiti um, kitty. A graffiti kitty. A happy mm-hmm. kitty. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm so excited to be here with you. And it was Ditto. so lovely meeting you at the New York wedding event. I know. That was perfect serendipity, too. I was like, I, I seldom go to those things and, and stay for long because I'm kind of shy secretly. But I was like, Joe's so cute and nice. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm <laughs> we blushing just, like, over here. Off, we like, did. My favorite thing you said was, well, first you had tattoos. And I was yeah. like, yes, another lady with tattoos, which I want to talk about. Yeah. But also you're like, I would love I would love to do the podcast, but can I cuss? Yeah. <laughs> so Unedited. the answer is yes. So this will be an explicit episode. If there are small children in your vehicle, <laughs> please cover their ears. Yeah, you may want to save this one for later. Yes, because we are allowed to cuss. So fuck shit, damn. I'll just get it out, let you feel comfortable. Um, so you're from New Mexico originally. Yeah, I grew up there in the north of New Mexico and a little bit in southern Colorado, but I identify with New Mexico because it's a little bit easier. <laughs> okay. To explain my my nomadic hippie parent childhood. And you give me nomadic hippie, like mm. I can see that that's where you came from. Yeah, I have New Mexico vibes. You do. If you've New ever Mexico been there, energy. you will know it has like a very specific sort of like, you know, Ali McGraw lives there. Yeah, yeah, like done. <laughs> <laughs> Signed, sealed, and delivered. Yeah. Um, do you think that that's a huge inspiration point for you, landscape or New Mexico? Mm, certainly. Yeah, I think. I, I definitely uh, reference the environs when I'm talking about it because mm-hmm. it is, it's like a beautiful, stark, natural, like predominantly natural place. And mm-hmm. it has this really incredible moment, like the high desert where you basically have like the desert that you picture in Arizona or in Mexico merging with the Rocky Mountains, which is like this majesty and like incredibly um fertile like verdant Mm -hmm. aspect of like big trees and aspens that change color and cottonwoods and all this like mixed with like red dirt and cacti it's just the landscape color wise and just like the incredible intensity of it inspires me and the huge sky and puffy clouds and rainbows and sagebrush it sounds incredible Um, but yeah i'm like the best (laughs) you're like selling it i'm such a salesman this is not an advertisement for new mexico go there go there there's hot springs it's magical (laughs) so why are you here how did you end up in new york you just basically made me want to move to new mexico i know someday i fantasize okay um i want to live in like a boat that i would like park on one of the mesas and just like bury it in the ground and like live on like a pirate ship oh my gosh this sounds amazing (laughs) that's my that's my retirement with no else around you yeah like a little retirement plan i could have like a little greenhouse yeah there's a lot of cool those earth ships they're those people that build houses out of like they look like sand castles almost but they're all like off the grid and cool weird like curvy buildings with like reclaimed glass anyway it's a whole land up there where people live like that so i dream about going there but i had to leave you know, you have to like grow out of your your chrysalis. Mm-hmm. So I feel like um, being an artist, and also, I mean, I was in high school, or I just graduated high school when I left there. So I was like a little punk rocker. I wore all black. I was definitely <laughs> not like you know, like feeling the Native American sure. artisan vibe that I'd grown up around, and the Adobe and the Spanish colonial like Catholic voodoo i call it catholic voodoo stuff everywhere you know like nichos and santos and like like you know reliquaries for saints bones and all that it's like very like there's a rich cultural heritage there and there was definitely a time in my life where i was not into it you were running Um, away from what you grew up with i think most of us yeah i feel like that's pretty standard issue teenager yeah (laughs) 
I want nothing to do with everything I was given Please. or grown up around. So not cool. Yeah. Turquoise is so not cool. But now it's the coolest thing ever. Now I love it. Yeah. I'm always rocking my old vintage pieces. And obviously yeah. I've made a whole collection around them. But I wanted to, to get out of New Mexico. And I think I, going to a city was a big part of being an artist. So the first stop was I went to school for a year in Georgia, which was not big city enough for me. So okay. I split <laughs> pretty quickly. See you later, Big uh, Beach. Yeah, it's totally... <laughs> P.S. The South is weird. Um, I can say that because I was actually born there and I have a bunch of family there as well. Um, but I, uh, I, do, I, I do think that like having, having done that sort of like first exodus, then leading me to San Francisco and later... I can see you in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. SF in the 90s. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. And then that's where I started my first jewelry company. So I kind of like dabbled in it. And then I was like, I can be a company. And I marched yeah. down to the... To City Hall and made myself a sole proprietor. Oh, fancy. Look at you, businesswoman. <laughs> yeah, it was very, like, it was like, and you have to run an ad and a paper. Yeah. So I ran it in, like, some random, like, weird To paper. get your business published Exactly, you yeah, you have it. to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, the first lessons in, you know, yeah. signing on the dotted line, coming up with a name. So that was when I came up with Bing Bang, which was, like, my first foray into jewelry. I really actually. Bing Bang. Bing Bang, because it fits <laughs> on your knuckles. B-I-N-G. But you don't have a knuckle tattoo. I don't. But it could. Because there's too many. <laughs> I list them. I keep chronological order of actually the ones I encounter over time. But okay. yeah, so anyway, I first started jewelry in San Francisco, and that was the, the sort of the beginning of Under the, the company Bing Bang. Bing Bang, which I still do. It's like a, just, okay. it's another brand. It's more young and playful and a okay. little bit more. It's where my irreverent side comes out. Uh-huh. We do a lot of really cool collaborative projects. and Beautiful. I have a great team, and it's in a whole other little studio, yeah. also downtown. But yeah, so I've been doing that jewelry now for 16 years. So that was your start. That, that was, was the baby. start, yep. And yep. did you grow up making jewelry with your mother, your grandmother? Like, where did this come from? I think I grew up with the tradition of making things. We definitely had a family that was, like, um, creative and also, like, in that, like, like that kind of, like, the, the poor kid kind of way where it's, like, you don't get to go pick out an Easter dress. Yeah. You get to go pick out the butterick <laughs> pattern and the fabric. <laughs> and then somebody, like, your great-grandmother will, like, make you the dress for yeah. Easter or whatever. So um, It'll be a little misshapen. Yeah, exactly. It might, have, yeah, it might, like, pull to the side or something. <laughs> Hang um, a little lower like on the left. Like the super scratchy tool yeah. underneath. Yeah, totally. So, but we, you know, I had learned to sew and I always made things. So, like, making things from, like, my own little clothes and doll clothes and, like, and then it kind of went into, like, more engineering, which my mom actually kind of likes to remark on. Mm-hmm. And you my, take credit for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and actually, my brother also picks on me about because I used to always make things for my dolls, but it went into like, it went from like the clothes and the pretty stuff into like, I would make like, like a car out uh-huh. of like a box and like it would have like wheels and like a gloved compartment and like <laughs> all the like, like engineering. All the little bells and I would make like tiny, teeny, tiny food, like oh a teeny, gosh. tiny hamburger with like the bread and the lettuce and you the tomato. The and, like the whole table would be set with like little paper food. <laughs> my brother calls it my like obsession with things for ants. Got it. You have like a little <laughs> miniature collection. Yeah. <laughs> Hence, I was, I took perfectly to jewelry. Yeah, because everything's so tiny. You can tiny. see there's like teeny tiny things all over my office. Yeah, everywhere. Some mm-hmm. really beautiful inspiration, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about your upcoming mm-hmm. collection. Yeah. So you did Bing Bang yes. in San Francisco. Started there. And at that time, it wasn't bridal. You weren't in that world. Not at all. It was just sort of like handmade jewelry, me just kind of like, like really figuring out how business worked uh-huh. and how to, how to, um, how the fashion industry worked yeah. and, and kind of like making it up as I went along. It was very renegade. Like I didn't have a business plan. I didn't study fashion merchandising. Didn't go to business school. Didn't go to business. Yeah. I went to art school and I worked in a tattoo shop, which I credit with learning everything I know about people. Yes. It's a good start to that one. Did you and give tattoos? You made tattoos? No, actually I just ran a shop. So okay. I was like kind of like the, the mini manager of a little of a tattoo shop in the hate. And okay. I, I, I basically worked up from like just being the shop girl to being like to be in charge. Charge of a bunch of people's lives, yeah, and sell, sell, selling tattoos and, and organizing, yeah, and helping people pick things out with heart and all that kind of stuff, yeah. But yeah, as you can imagine, it's kind of similar to wedding rings, yeah. <laughs> In that this is like on it's you a forever. huge well, <laughs> you so can't really get the wedding ring be should yeah. be should be <laughs> yeah. yes. So it's like picking out that thing that's so important. Yeah. It's also, I feel like, in a way, to me, it's very similar jewelry and tattoos because I think of them as like talismanic 
pieces. Mm-hmm. They're like amulets. They're a part of you. It's yeah. like that like marking of a moment and like and keeping this really this precious thing that yeah. is a memory that becomes like a a part of you forever. So I think that was a that was like in a way something that informed my sculpture and my art and like the, as I as I've always made it and then kind of worked into the jewelry and and I think that in that way the bridal jewelry was kind of a natural progression because sure. going from Bing Bang, which has always been kind of like first handmade and then just sort of like me with other people helping me make it. And then Uh it grew into this thing. And now it's like I still design it, but I don't actually sit at a bench anymore. Sure. But it's fun because it's I create it. Like Mm -hmm. I work with my team to like come up with ideas and actually still draft and design and sometimes even go in there and make stuff and hammer stuff and saw and get in there with tools. But it's pretty seldom now. But I think it is like... It's fun to see that progression as like a, as a talisman collector to a talisman maker, mm-hmm. and then now with bridal, which I feel like is like the ultimate kind of statement in that capacity. Well, and it's jewelry. such an honor that a male or female would wear your jewelry huge for the rest of their life, huge, you know? and that it marks this the ceremony of mm-hmm. not just the wedding day, but also the the engagement or a push present or an anniversary. Mm-hmm. You know, these things that, like, become these monumental, like, crystallized moments in our life. And, like, to be that person that's been chosen to to help with that symbol or yeah. to, like, be the maker of that symbol is, like, I don't undervalue it in any way. I think it is such an extraordinary thing to be a part of. Yeah. And I want to talk more about that since this is a weddings-ish podcast. Yeah. But I want to go back <laughs> oh, yeah, to we're you. totally off subject on that one. <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. But I want to go back to the tattoo shop. Is that where you got tattoos as well? Like, is that your mm-hmm. first tattoo is in the store you mm, managed? Not my first. I already had a few when I started. I started getting tattooed immediately when okay. I turned 18. I, was, I had saved up my ducats and ran to the nearest tattoo shop and luckily got tattooed by one of the most magical women in the industry Amazing. at that time. And uh, yeah, so it get, definitely started me on the right foot. But I started getting tattooed young, and then I think I, I must have been in my twenties when I started working at the shop in San Francisco. Yeah, because I was still in college. Um, so yeah, it was it was. I definitely got a bunch of them then. And what then, was your first tattoo? I'm looking it's at a them all moon. now. It's a moon. <laughs> Beautiful on my belly. It is. I got it from my mom. Aww. It was like the idea of being like having that moment of. Like that feeling of connection to her. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I don't know, it's kind of witchy. Yeah, mom to mom, mom well, to daughter. Yeah, it's a little, it's my little moon. It's your mom. On my little belly. My first tattoo ever I got in San Francisco in the hate. Oh, I, cool. I don't know that it's the same place, mm. which would be so crazy. Um, it's this tattoo here that says hope. Oh, I love that. That's for my best friend who I lost to cancer, but this was for her battle. And as you said, I Bless. feel like tattoos are something that they are a part of you it's an art it's sort of a moment in your life Mm -hmm. um this place was amazing and the guy was so great and sort of the way he talked me through everything it was across the street from the ben and jerry's okay i know that that probably wasn't there when you were there no no the ben and jerry's was there because i went to get ben and jerry's because that's on hate and ashbury right on the corner yeah so there it are a few been, tattoo places, but... Yeah, it might have been... Uh, the one I worked at was... I actually... Yeah, the one I worked at was very, very close to there. Oh. Mom's. Well, per- perhaps mm-hmm. we went to the same Ships place. crossing. Yeah. And so what's your favorite tattoo? You have so many beautiful mm, ones. I think my... Mm, it's hard to pick favorites. I've never been very good at that, but... I lo- I mean, I love I love hearts. So this that's one... a tiny little one. This is a, yeah, that's a teeny tiny heart on my pinky. It's a, for a pinky swear. Oh, so, I like that. I like. I kind of love that. Plus, I always have my pinky out. I'm like one of those oh, you're people. You're one of those that ladies. Even when I, <laughs> even when I was welding, I would be welding with pinky my pinky out. out. So a proper lady. Yeah, I have a joke. That we call it punk rock with your pinky out. It's like a thing. <laughs> <laughs> All my like tattooed friends would always like tease me about it, or you know, like in the welding room when I'm like, yeah, like you know, doing something with tools. <laughs> <Always> <laughs> Just this one, really. Always I mean, a lady this one a little. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's in there somewhere. It's like underneath the tattooed is the tattooed lady. Sure. Yeah. I love that. So you're in San Francisco. You mm-hmm. launched your first jewelry company. Mm-hmm. And then what happens next? Um, I decided that it was time to, to like, throw it out there to chance and see what happened, like, um, where the universe would take me. And I had some friends here. I'd been coming to New York, actually, for years. And I came a lot during the... 
I think it was would have been the '90s when they legalized tattooing here. I used to come uh-huh. and wait. I didn't know it was ever it illegal. Was, yeah, it was illegal here in the uh, for decades. Actually, it was laws legal. are so silly. I know, ridiculous. Tattooing right? was illegal. Yeah, gay marriage was illegal. Like, I know. Insane <laughs> to me. I'm like, get it together. And people. the list goes on yes, and on and on. <laughs> so you moved yeah. here right at the. So cost. I moved here to, to sort of like yeah, see what would happen. And I was kind of I was still making art, and I was doing. I was making Bing Bang jewelry, and I'd gotten it into some great stores. Actually, one that used to be down here that was kind of a, an amazing store called TG One Seventy. It was like around from like the '90s down, mm-hmm. like Lower East Side. The woman that owned it was super cool, and so I sold jewelry there, and I had it in a couple little stores around, and then kind of like figuring out like, oh, I need to be in a showroom. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's what that's called. Yeah. And then like <laughs> figuring out where they were and yeah, who and they were, they and were. like sending things to people and like figuring like going to a magazine and opening it up and being like hmm jewelry editor you know before I knew I tell Michelle this all the time before I knew what the masthead was (laughs) you know I would be like oh wow like here's the list of all the editors and people there would be like an address and I would just like mail stuff so like it was kind of amazing because I ended up through that like sheer I don't even know, like maybe almost like uh, ignorance or <laughs> the ignorant bliss. Well, I kind you of worked your butt up, off. Yeah, and and I mean, I just sort of threw it out there in, yeah. the, in a very brazen way for you a shy did your person. Homework, like pre Google, <laughs> yeah, yeah pre Google, pre Instagram, <laughs> opened a magazine, OMG. found the addresses, yeah. and hustled. Yeah, I hustled it. That's precisely. I'm yeah. all. I'm all about the hustle. So yeah, I ended up like having meetings with some of the most amazing editors, just you know, on random and. Yeah. And having like a friend that that I met out and about, um, actually through tattooed friends, that like was an editor at W Mag, and getting my pieces pulled, you know, by some of the mm-hmm. most esteemed stylists, and then you yeah. know, like, and eventually um, ending up in an amazing showroom, and ending up in Barney's, and and um, ending up in magazines, and then and then ending up in front of Marc Jacobs, and then doing like a collaborative collection with, with him. him for the runway, which was yeah. like, you know. Pr- pre-everything yeah. <laughs> like we didn't even it was like two creative people sitting around a table with a ton of diamond jewelry oh my God, with no terrible. no contract <laughs> no nothing it was like the most amazing thing ever because he was like yeah I just had this idea it's like high school and I wanted this to be like really like kind of cute and fun and like your style with like that bing bang at that time was like these kind of mixed charms uh-huh. but it was very sweet and also kind yeah. of something that ties into what I feel like we do now which yeah. is like the kind of keepsake and like and he was like I love that and like you know just ended up and that was actually the first time I ever worked with diamonds so you know it was like a fake it till you make it situation sure, and I was like we oh, all do totally yeah. I totally can make diamond things <laughs> of course we can put diamonds in there slash, no problem who's paying for this yeah, slash I got in the elevator on the way out and I was like oh my god I just lied to Mark Jacobs <laughs> Oh my God, you know, like, so then I'm like, hustle up to the jewelry district, start talking to people, like start like figuring that out. And then he actually introduced me to an amazing man who was a diamond dealer. And he gave me like a crash course on like what it all meant and how the industry worked and what to look for and all this stuff. So that was like really phenomenal. Because there's the three C's, right? Yeah. The four four C's. Four C's. Oh, there's four. Don't forget. Clarity, carrot. And And I know that. Color. Okay. Which actually I love. It's one of my favorite things are the colored diamonds. Yeah, you do a lot with the black diamond. Black and gray and, and also champagne, which I, I call like champagne slash cream soda. Beautiful. I, love, I prefer the champagne. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a combo, you know. It's like if you want your more yellow yeah. tone, that's the champers. Mm-hmm. And if you want something that's more on the like pinky brown, like yeah. I pick out really specific diamonds that I call cream soda that look so beautiful. They look beautiful in, in yellow gold, but they look so pretty in rose. Yeah. It's just like this very specific hue on the spectrum of technically champagne. But Are you seeing a... A sway towards a non-clear diamond, like in the black and the champagne. Absolutely. Like people are less obsessed with the notion of like a huge, clear, perfect cut diamond. Absolutely. I also think people in general are a little, I think not everybody wants that that classic standard. Mm -hmm. Some see it as the status quo and and they want something that's more... uh, original or unique to them, but also something that uh, that underscores like values that they yeah. see as important, which I think is something that has been 
actually really, um, really beautiful and informing through the process of launching the bridal jewelry was kind of finding like, this is not just an aesthetic thing. This is also people that value things similarly to the way that I value them, that, yeah. that care about love, that care about showing that they care about each other, but mm-hmm. they don't necessarily want to put like a white diamond, white gold ring on it. They yeah. want something that symbolizes their union and their, sure. their commonality and their friendship and their ethics and all of these things yeah as well as aesthetics so i think that that shift away from just your white modern round brilliant which is the cut that you see most often in like okay. everything from a harry winston to a zales um the modern round brilliant is the most optimized the clearest sort of a stereotypical yeah engagement it's ring. basically your tip top of like the most like there's just a zillion of them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and in varying qualities, obviously, with, yeah. the, with in terms of clarity and color and cut and all carrot. of this. And carrot, because, <laughs> you know, you got to go big, little, big, little. Um, but I think that the cool thing is that, like, we've tried, we've kind of been finding these ways to, like, show people that alternatives are actually great options. Mm-hmm. They're not just an alternative because of your budget. Sure. They can be an alternative because you want a stone that was not mined recently and you'd prefer an old european cut yeah white perfect diamond but one that was cut like pre probably Mm pre-1900 because there were stones that whether they were ethically mined then or not and whether they're ethically mined now or not these stones have already been cut that earth has already been turned yeah let's just use this stone that has some unknown provenance exactly so like there's that option and then there's champagne which are all going to be modern but most of them are coming out of india and it's uh some they're from different places uh, and you don't always know the provenance of diamonds which is an interesting thing they don't have to really declare that based on the rough really? so canada for example is is selling their product as canadian wine sure. so it's very specific that though that's labeled thusly but um black diamonds champagne diamonds and modern modern diamonds of all kinds are are not typically displaying provenance so you don't always know from whence they originate. Is that because people are still having issues with sort of, or wanting the conflict-free diamond? And so if you don't know where Mm -hmm. it comes from, you can feel sort of like, I don't think, you know, conflict. I don't think anyone died from this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the idea is that they, that the, you know, the DTC, De Beers, created the Kimberly process and has, has enforced it, but there are problems with all of these things. Like, and, and just bottom line, mining is bad for the earth. Mm -hmm. Mining anything. Mining copper is hugely bad for the earth and we have copper in every electric thing that we own you know like our phones and our houses and everything it's like you know so like in general we're mining the earth for resources and these are ones that we can maybe try to figure out the provenance try to figure out people that are like more responsible and ethical in their in their processes but i think again like going as much as you can to single origin or as much as you can to reclaimed the better got it so this has been and back to that point of like ethical value matching to our like uh, customers and clients it's like i think it is super important like and it's something that i've tried to be really transparent about because you can't really have a conversation around diamonds and say like it's all good sure. you know everything's great yeah this is yeah the like, most eco-friendly diamond yeah in the world. yeah you can try and there are some efforts towards it mm-hmm. but i don't think that there is like the perfect solution so and i feel like it's there there's always ways that we're trying to to improve and definitely with our sourcing we try to give people that option and now we've moved to reclaimed gold entirely and that's something that oh beautiful entirely so mm -hmm. all of your rings so all of the mm -hmm. wow so that was or that it's actually been a big part of it from the beginning but Uh it's never been as like fully holistically across the board and to the point where we can state thus and i think that that's that's important too because the mining of gold is also very terrible and there's plenty of it and Mm -hmm. people recycle gold all the time as long as you're working with great casters and alloys then then you're always using good material it's just nobody ever throws gold things away you know they they there's all the signs like we buy gold totally (laughs) and same with diamonds so even now we're getting to a point where um most of the melee and i but i'm hoping by the end of this year, if not the beginning of next, to have the point where our collection is entirely made of reclaimed Melly. Wow, what is Melly so for Melly the, is those like, of us that Melly don't is know? like the little teeny tiny diamonds that go oh, into stuff it. that make it sparkly. So okay. you call it pave um, it. or bead set, like the little tiny accent diamonds. With the exception of black diamonds, the white, champagne, and gray that we use is reclaimed. Got it. So in the engagement rings, pretty much entirely now, and several of the bands, but over the course of this year, I'm trying to make it so that we can use reclaimed for 
everything with the exception of black diamonds. So that's amazing. It's, so from the gold to the baby diamonds, that's <laughs> yes. I feel like it's no like, one is doing that, and it's like the minuscule, tiniest little part. But yeah. it's like if we can start to solve problems in that way, yep. I feel like we're setting precedence for the bigger problems to be solved in yeah. that same way. So it's well, a you're huge, standing behind something that's important to you. You're not just talking huge. about it, but you're doing it. I grew up in a land where we, you know, throwing things away was a hardcore big deal. Like mm-hmm. in a desert, you know, yeah. like recycling was imperative. Yeah. And we, you know, my mom, I grew up with a, like a naturalist, botanist, hippie, feminist, amazing mother. Who it all like, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. P.S. P- we look like exactly the same. It's freakish. Um, <laughs> will you share a photo with us to put on the website? <laughs> yeah, I absolutely Perfect. will. Yeah, wait. it's she's so cute. I spoke to her this morning for like 45 minutes. She's amazing. <laughs> you're like, Mom, I'm going on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, I have a really busy day today, but you're in my dream. I wanted to tell you about it. It was oh really beautiful. Gosh. Plus, I'm walking by all these flowers, thinking of you. Oh, man. She's like, still in New Mexico? Um, she goes back and forth between New Mexico and uh, North Carolina, okay. Virginia. So she has like a nomadic life still. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. We just roll like that, I guess. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, you, listen, you come from her. So obviously, yeah. you know. And she very much Im- imparted to me like the importance of taking care of Mother Nature mm-hmm. and like, and also doing things in a, in a conscientious way. Yeah. Like in any capacity, just yeah. being kind to people or that whole, you know, like whatever you can do to like, just to smile so that you make yeah. people feel you know, like you're participating in something altogether. Sure. And so, yeah, she's been a really great, always has been a really great role model for this kind of thing. So I'm hoping to make her proud. I feel like I love that, though, because it, I feel like part of your success could be due to that nature that you have that is sort of considerate of others and the environment and the way you approach your life and your work makes it easy to sort of want to help you, those initial people who you wrote letters to. Yeah. You know what I mean? You didn't come from a place of arrogance or a place of, like, I know it all. Like, it was, I imagine, very humble and very Yeah, genuine. I have a very humble origin. And also, I don't know, I feel like it's just important to me to be that way. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I feel like there's no reason for us as people to not. I think we're really all in this little beautiful little marble that's like spinning mm-hmm. in time and space that we don't even know where it ends yeah nobody i does. mean there's no <laughs> reason to be worried about some of that little stuff yeah. like let's like the ego is like important it keeps us together it gives yeah. us definition obviously and likes and dislikes and all of these things but i also think that's so important to just be pure about this process that we're mm-hmm. involved in yeah and i i don't know i'm just i'm kind of an esoteric person i love it i have like a little crush on you <laughs> and mystical <laughs> slash esoteric slash Perfect. a naturalist and i feel like we should go get our tarot cards read together <laughs> oh, jove i have some people for you i need it let's oh, do it yeah. we will do it i need to do this yeah oh i have i have a good one for you he's okay. magical he actually did uh, we did an event at my store Last summer when we launched the mindfulness care packages, uh-huh. <laughs> we did this fun little project. Actually, it was at the impetus of my brother. He was like, you need to do something with crystals. I'm carrying this crystal around now because his, his, his now wife energy. yeah, his now wife is like obsessed with crystals also. And he's like, I know you've been telling me about this stuff forever. But because but she I is believe now, it now, he does it. Okay. <laughs> and so he's like, Power you have to marriage. do something with crystals. Yeah. You have to do it. So he's like, we should do something. So we did this project with the gift shop that's in... Um, it's inside the Red Bull Studios. Uh-huh. It's a cool little like avant-garde, like it's like an avant-garde museum gift shop. So they wanted me to do an edition. So I made these editions of like, I called them crystal prescriptions. So they were like okay. these little jars that came with all different mixes of crystals that I made. Like I think I made 30 something unique ones. Yeah. But each had a couple of elements that were the same. So green tourmaline, which like roots you in nature. That's all about like that pure, intrinsic, unconditional love that we all have for each mm-hmm. other and for things and for everything around us and ourselves. Yeah. And um, each had that and each had like a jet or some sort of quartz for like purification and all these things. Um, anyway, they, fast forward. We had a beautiful little party in the store that kind of wanted to celebrate this and like as it was continuing to resonate through the brand because sure. I think it is really important. It I fits, think it's yeah. super cool when you're like, I'm attracted to Moonstone. Mm-hmm. I wonder why, you know? Yeah. It's like, or I feel like wearing Labradorite right now. It's like giving me like intuition and insight and making me feel connected to that sort of like airy quality of like, you know, information or whatever. Anyway, I do think about those things 
but we we had a party. Lest I digress, where um, we digression invited. Digression is key. I know. <laughs> P.S. It's just a meandering yeah. thought. I'm just following it like a little butterfly flitting through the garden. Exactly. Of my mind. Um, anyway, we had this party where Danici read people's um, numerology okay. and compared them in a Kabbalistic and Vedic way to what those numbers of your birth date Symbolized. and your partner's birth date added up to and what they meant and what planets that corresponded to and what gems you could be wearing and on what finger mm-hmm. to bring about what changes or projection or energy to, or to elevate your creativity or to, you know, for your partner or what, all these, it was really yeah. magical. And each person had like such a distinctly different interaction with yeah. him. It was really, really, really lovely. And every single person that I talked to from the event that night was, was astounded. Totally and it was so special. So he actually does read cards as well. And I've, I've gone to see him and, and I've sent so many people to His see way. him that we now have this great little texting friendship too. <laughs> <laughs> Does he report like follow up yeah, with you well, after? Yeah, he doesn't tell me who. Obviously, sure, no, yeah, it's all is, personal. It's totally private. sacred information. <laughs> I'll tell but, you everything he tells yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do hear those things too. But yeah, he's just wonderful, and I love that part of this whole New York thing too, yeah. where it's just like things can just lead you to like the most lovely connections. As yeah. I squeeze Jove's arm, because. You never know you what's going to happen know. when you meet someone in this yeah. beautiful city. And, and where it, it will go. It's just a really wonderful thing. So I love that. So you'll connect me I'll with I'll connect him you with Denise. Because I feel like I'm in the need for Yeah, he will, he will show you the way. Please. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Like, Tell me what's happening in my life. Yeah. <laughs> will I find love? Yeah. Next He's, season on The Bachelor OMG, with Joe Meyer. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Mark Jacobs and you did a collaboration. Oh, yes. That put you on the map. Tons of diamonds. Tons of diamonds. And then from there, Back in the Disney. what happens? Yes. So this would have been, um, it was 2005, so we showed SS06, which okay. was spring, summer 6 in September. We launched it in that spring. I made diamond jewelry that went into all the Mark da- Jacobs stores. Wow. Um, was that surreal that you were just hanging out so with Mark Jacobs? surreal. Yeah, and I mean, he's a lovely, lovely person. He's also like, very handsome. Super handsome. Super handsome and just legit, like one of the most talented, creative, just naturally mm. creative and also superhuman, just mm. like so kind. Um, so anyway, that whole experience was just magical for yeah. me. And then we made the jewelry. We sold the jewelry in Marc Jacobs stores. It was like this incredible foray into a whole other realm for me. And sure. also just saying like, oh my God, I made diamond jewelry. Oh my God. Yeah. I put my name on some, some things that were like like thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like, <gasps> like a next level like, price yeah, point for like, you. Um, and in a weird way, it's like, who am I to make diamond jewelry? Well, at least it was kind of irreverent diamond jewelry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, from that point, um, it sort of planted the seed, and I'd been, I'm still doing everything under Bing Bang, mm-hmm. that moniker. And uh, at a certain point, like the people around me that were seeing me, like kind of growing as a as a designer, and like also growing as a brand, were saying like, you can't do like, you know, you, well, you can do Bing Bang Diamond Jewelry, but it's like if you really want to go there as a designer, maybe you need to take your name and make your name a brand. Something, also, like an additional yeah. extension. And I like that sort of multiplicity. So Mm -hmm. I was like, sure, whatever. I can totally have another brand. Yeah. (laughs) No big deal. I can just run two companies. Yeah. Design for two companies and all this stuff, which I still think of as like probably one of the crazier things I've ever done, but I still manage it. Yeah. I have great teams around me. So that's the absolutely the key. But, um, and no shortage of ideas, which is also another thing. I'm a horrible editor. So it's actually in a weird way fortunate because to have just, people around you to help. They help me edit, but yeah. we never run out of options. It's sure. always like, oh my God, how are we going to fit it all into the, into the day? Yeah. Into the schedule, into the season's collection. Yeah. It's okay because it runneth over and then yeah. we just push it out till this next spring <laughs> yeah. 17, as you can see from Get my all design the information table you have. over there. It's, it's like, so beautiful. Yeah, we're on to like summer 17 over That's there. That's what we're looking at, summer I mean, 17. It's actually running from this spring, summer into next spring, summer. So I'm like working on the holistic iterations of like certain elements of the collection and then how I'm going to release them, which I have to do visually. It's beautiful. And I took a few pictures we'll post mm. on um, the website, jovemeyerevents.com slash podcast. But tell me about your design style. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of nature. No surprise mm-hmm, there. There's mm-hmm. butterflies and sort of how does how do you come up with a design? Well, I, I think in general, like I start with like um, like roots in a way. Like I like to start with like a like a whole fully formed little like seed of an idea. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's it's very easy to just take that seed and like multiply it or make like, like the hazeline solitaire for example. It was a ring that belonged to my grandma. It's the 
a number one solitaire that we make. It's like, I think it's so sweet. It has like such a precious, specific, beautiful, classic, but still with its own little twist style. And I have it in an earring and I have it in a solitaire and I have it in a three stone. And we have now a band that goes with it that's specific with the same type of pave, et cetera. So those are kind of like iterations. Mm -hmm. and, and then, you know, there are moments when I'm thinking that's maybe a little too effeminate for everyone. Got it. And then I kind of think about like more deco and I look at things in that way that inspire me and pull gemstones and I kind of work with those stones. Like with, um, with Bia and Theta, like those were two like very deco inspired silhouettes that kind of grew out of like looking at certain stones, but also kind of like finding like that other kind of visual... Um, storytelling and really making something that that I think that person would like. Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to have things that appeal to the different archetypes and yeah. have these different sort of aesthetic choices. And that's one process. And the other is getting very lyrical, like with this collection where I wanted to do, I wanted to make more fine jewelry because yeah. I have been making these beautiful, exquisite diamond rings and, and then like little itty-bitty diamond earrings yeah. and little itty-bitty gemstone studs, little itty-bitty gemstone necklaces and little diamond bracelets. But Nothing, like, to me that felt like I just really designed it. And sure. I wanted to, like, sit down and really design some things. So I started doing a ton of drawing. Um, which, again, we'll landed, on the website. Which will have beautiful. some things on the website. So, yeah, I was kind of thinking, like, spring, summer will be my jumping off point And also the things that I love most on Earth, which is basically, like, flowers. <laughs> There's, like, wheat over there. Mm -hmm, yeah, wheat um, and flowers and coral and butterflies and that kind of and snakes serpents and that kind of idea of like uh, the metamorphosis mm -hmm. and the and the the transition from a flower to a seed like a you know a rose to like a wheat yeah or um the chrysalis to a butterfly and little the way things move from shell to shell in the yeah. ocean and i don't know i just feel like that process of transformation is something that i wanted to cook into the to the this really first time I'm really designing like a bunch of actual just like fine jewelry yeah for myself for my brand for my name like it's it's so been super cool so that was the jumping off point so we're starting with a lot of like little blooms for spring which just launched actually this week um you know it's still spring yeah well <laughs> I was hopefully to this do it weather the, is not spring I know I know we're both in chunky sweaters I know in May like what is going I on I know I know it well New York you know yeah. you never can tell you never can tell and I'm also very fascinated by your current earrings yeah so this is one of the butterflies it's a beautiful butterfly in one ear and then instead of mm -hmm. matching in the other you have mm -hmm. totally opposite yet complimentary yes is this an anna sheffield special i've never seen yeah. a woman wear not the same earring in well, both ears that's kind of what i'm playing with because yeah a lot of what i've been doing with the bands to go with the um, engagement rings or even just to make your own beautiful little set it doesn't have to be a wedding ring at all i like the idea of rings that kind of fit together and nest together or mm -hmm. like different textures that complement each other and all these things that kind of like make a stack set i'm like definitely a layering stacking yeah. kind of person so i wanted to take that element into like the earrings yeah and create things that you could wear in kind of i guess more modular ways where you, match, you, could, you could mix and match yeah and like, and like wear one big earring and one stud opposite that's I'm complimentary with this. i've Thank never you. seen this before well the idea is that they're like butterflies so you could wear a matched pair or like if the butterfly is folded the wing is closed yeah you only see the one side oh so my gosh that's the butterfly this is one on of the, the prototypes one yeah it's beautiful it has like a little pearl in the middle yeah so this is With one the of the pave diamonds Look yeah at <laughs> With the reclaimed, reclaimed. gold it's and gorgeous. reclaimed diamonds, actually. All of and these are one. made with reclaimed diamonds. Mm. I love it. So then would you mm. have the option, you would buy both pieces of the butterfly, or you could only oh, you buy can one? You can only buy one. You can buy both. And then wow. there's all these other little things that are coming out that go on the other side, like yeah. little ear jackets. So like very um, very Joan Rivers, like yes. the ear jacket that you would put over like a little basic stud uh -huh. so that like you can kind of make different like outfits for your earrings <laughs> i'm really obsessed with this Go back to the teeny tiny like barbie yeah. hamburgers <laughs> teeny tiny barbie bouquets teeny tiny yeah. it's like little Bringing teeny your tiny childhood back in ear outfits yeah they are though you heard I it mean, first it's so here. amazing i've never seen anything like it thank you i'm so glad you like it yeah i yeah. don't own or wear any jewelry but i'm sort of feeling envious like now i maybe should I mean, you can always come over and play dress up. Oh my God, that we, sounds we, perfect. Since we haven't cracked the champagne this morning, <laughs> yeah. 
we'll have do to that come another back time. In the evening, and then we'll just yeah. Speaking of male jewelry, is that something you do? And mm. what is your take on that? I, I feel like it's definitely such a female-dominated industry. But are are men wearing more jewelry? And and what does that look like for you? I think it comes in waves. Like over the years, I have made lots of men's jewelry. And for years, I sold Bing Bang men's jewelry and Barney's and Nordstrom and, you know, department stores. Mm -hmm. And then kind of in an ebb and flow of like necklace, ring, like money clip, like, you know, different sort of things. And (laughs) and it's, yeah, I mean, (laughs) bracelets, some men do wear bracelets, some men would never wear a bracelet. It's such a specific thing. And it's a very hard industry, I think, to like have ownership in like as a brand. Yeah. So I did for many years, like struggle and sometimes succeed with it. And now it's just, I kind of keep it to a minimum at the moment. Although, mm-hmm. you know, I have dreams of making it a little bit more fleshed out. Cause sure. It's not fair that you guys don't have as much fun stuff to do. Yeah. In clothes and jewelry. Mm-hmm. I mean, really in everything. Let's yeah. You don't honest. get to wear tutus. You don't no. get to wear platforms. Well, I, I mean, you don't, so you can if you want to wear a tutu <laughs> when I was younger in ballet and they wouldn't let me. Oh. So I dropped out of ballet. F them. I know, right? I mean, I'm sure it's changing <laughs> Edited. Now. But when I was a kid, wait, what did you just say? <laughs> F that noise. <laughs> You're not cussing. You said you wanted to cuss. Oh, no, God damn it. <laughs> there it where is. Where are they? Where uh, are those, those F-bombs? cuss words at? Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the engagement ring. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's a part of your business. You mm-hmm. do jewelry for every occasion. Mm-hmm. But being a wedding podcast, and we have a lot for of show. Um, brides and grooms, mm-hmm. what are you seeing as a trend right now for engagement rings for for i feel like from our perspective i mean again back to the colored diamonds or even the non-diamond i feel like there's so many more people that are just really excited about the not Mm -hmm. white diamond white gold so moving away from quote-unquote tradition yeah moving away from that sort of static view of like what an engagement ring looks like yeah um i also feel like the stacking rings is such an important part of it. Uh-huh. And I think people, since we offer it, and we show it as like a part of like this story that you can either build into mm-hmm. or you can buy all five bands at once that fit or together in a nest. Or- exactly. So we have a lot of people actually that even start with like one ring and the engagement ring. So we call yeah. them sweets. Okay. A suite of rings. Sweet. Yeah. Perfect. So sweet. And do you have any advice for a bride or a groom that is getting ready to propose... I mean, do you find that you prefer a couple comes to you together for a ring? Because you do custom as well. Yeah, we do custom. Uh, Or how do you guide? Like, do you get a lot of phone calls from men or women saying, like, I want to propose, what ring should I buy? Mm, I feel like it's actually a full million percent mix of, like, any combination that you could ever imagine. Yeah. We often have couples that come together. Um, which I think is great too. Yeah. And I feel it like, cause it's like, it's a very important purchase. It's a big like, decision. It's a decision you're about to make going into a life together where you're yeah. going to have, if you don't already shared finances. So yeah. it's like to spend that much money and not know for sure it's something that she'll love. That is kind of crazy. Yeah. But then there are other times when he has a full on idea and he knows exactly, or other times when he doesn't have any idea yet yeah. he wants some input or maybe he has a little bit of a lead or he has a friend of hers or a Pinterest board or yeah. an Instagram who was added in. <laughs> oh, Pinterest. You know, it's very helpful. Yeah. We get a lot of clients that come in saying that they found us that way or discovered something that they love specifically that way, which is cool. I think it's great. It's like a brave new world of information sharing, visual information yeah. sharing. I find it really inspiring myself. But um, yeah, we do have every different possible you know, from the t- even just the girl that comes the whole does the whole process. Like, yeah, maybe he lives abroad. Maybe he's like you. You pick it out. Sure, we're, we're doing it together. Like, you know, sometimes people come in, they already have a child. Yeah, they've already been together for ten years. Everything like, is so different. It's like you know, I don't. I feel like back to that values thing. It's like I feel like there's an an inherent story in all of it, and like that is the love. Mm-hmm. And there's no rule aside from that. There's no yeah. fucking rules in love. There, I ha- agree. There that. you have it. <laughs> So everybody, Maybe that's my next tattoo. Exactly. Everybody, and my mom always tells me, there's no rules. In um, fucking love. In love. In <laughs> motherfucking love. Yes. Um, I agree. There are no rules. I feel like there should be no, it's like whatever feels right to you, you know, if like. Is what is right. Is what is right. And that's, if it's like you get, you elope and then you get the engagement ring later, mm-hmm. like that's fine too. Like I yeah. think if you never have a wedding ceremony and you want an engagement ring anyway, I think that's fine too. It's like, well, I disagree. You know, I'm a wedding planner, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Some <laughs> but I know what you're saying. I know. <laughs> you do you is basically Ex- the sentiment. Exactly. Yeah. That's my sentiment entirely. So I think that that's right. 
And and I think it's cool, and I think that also that's part of the reason why people would would come to us because it's like we have this cute little store on the Lower East Side. We have mm-hmm. a gorgeous staff that's like lovely and also like feels similarly like really yeah. a little collection of individuals. And I think that that's so special, and everybody has their own take on it and their own words that they describe a champagne diamond with and yeah. all these fun things. And and I think it's like it's a part of that process. And I think that it's it should be a fun, intriguing. Um, experimental adventurous informative mm-hmm. process like picking out an engagement ring and wedding yeah. bands and we try to make it as like real as possible yeah. like i want that the the lexicon like i want it to, to the whole process to feel like like natural yeah like we're not trying to like scare you with you're like big stuffy, words you're not pushy. and, yeah. and like you know like a you know like a stereo instructions version of like how you how to buy an engagement ring from a to z i want it to be like a like a personal experience for everyone and and we've definitely tried and i feel like we've maintained a pretty good level of that yeah try yeah i try to merchandise the site that way and you live and you learn yeah have the experience of all of this stuff you know it's like constantly evolving it's it's so fun and so weird and so magical (laughs) yeah and you just never know what tomorrow will bring Never know, which and, I am so down for. <laughs> and so if people want to see your rings, you mm-hmm. said you have a storefront, which is located... Mm-hmm. In the Lower East Side of Manhattan. We're on 47 Orchard Street. I Perfect. call it the Orchard Street Atelier. So Beautiful. Atelier. If you want to look that up on the Instagram, it's a hashtag. It's also under me, at Anna Sheffield. Yep, and or your Anna website. Sheffield, yeah, however you prefer. Anna or Anna. It's the Anna-Anna situation. Anna, Anna. I am both. You I know? get that too, Jove or Jovi. Oh. It depends on my mood. Yeah. I think or Hove. Some people call me Hove. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, see, it's like, it's all about the, it's pronunciation. <laughs> it is. The yeah. A can be a soft A or a hard A. It can be or it can Anna be the, or, or it can Anna. be the little middle, whatever the one in the middle of the road is. <laughs> I feel like Anna for you. I don't know why you give me that energy. It has, I mean, it's very like, you would pronounce it that way in yeah. Spanish. I grew up in a Spanish-speaking state, um, relatively Spanish-speaking childhood. Not very, sure. not that I remember any of it. I wish I was better. But, yeah. Um, anyway, it's in there. Yeah. Anna. And then your website is AnnaSheffield.com. AnnaSheffield.com, yeah. Or your first baby company has also a website. Yeah, that that little baby company is BingBangNYC.com. Dot com. com. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you, Joe. I absolutely love sharing the morning with you. I know. We didn't have any crazy sirens or anything. No, no fires. So chill. So chill. Chill for a Lower East Side morning. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much, and I can't wait to uh, see you again. Yes. Weddings-ish. The music in this podcast was made by the fabulous Mel Flannery of Mixtape, a cover band for hipsters. Thanks, Mel. Love the jingle. Weddings-ish. Weddings-ish.